Hi, my name is Kimberly Escobar and I go to College Marin and what I like about MCYC is that it is very diverse and everyone is very welcoming. I'm Sammy Lee and I'm a junior at Marin Academy and something I love about MCYC are the people. Being in that room every Wednesday surrounded by 22 other commissioners is just like a really really special thing. Everyone on the commission brings something different and new to the table and it's honestly just really inspiring to to hear from other youth who care so much about this community and about this county. MCYC is the Marin County Youth Commission, founded in 1969 to act as a political voice for young people. I'm Stephanie Plant, and this is We Are One Marin. Today, we sit down with the commission's coordinator, Samantha Ramirez, who has dedicated her career so far to the San Rafael schools where she was once a student. This year, she was recognized for her efforts with a special honor. Stay tuned as Kalina and I get schooled on how Marin works. Okay, have you done this before? A podcast? Uh-huh. Yeah, but they were like during the pandemic time, so it was like from home, like Zoom. on the computer, something like that, yeah. You know, we're just chatting. Yeah. And we're not, it's not like we're on the radio live, mm-hmm. as fun as that would be. I've done that and it's stressful. Oh, I think it's <laughs> yeah. fun. Where did you do that? Well, I've been on Tay Radio and then I've been on the Spanish show Cuerpo Corazón Comunidad mm. a few times. And so I'm getting more and more comfortable. Oh, good. Um, but then after I rethink of the questions and I'm like, oh, I forgot to say this. Oh, I forgot <laughs> to say that. But I think it's just the perfectionist in me of like, you know. We all have a little. You're in the right room. (laughs) We all have a little perfectionist on our shoulder. (laughs) I mean, I think perfectionism sometimes leads to drive, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know that you would be sitting with us today if you weren't as driven as you are to have been given the Citizen of the Year Award. Mm -hmm. I feel like I met you before I met you because we were in the audience. We were front row. We were front row (laughs) at the State of the City, which was last April. Mm Mm-hmm where we heard you not only awarded, but we heard you accept that award, and uh, congratulations. Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, that was cool because when I got the award the first time, it was a surprise, and so they gave me a moment to talk, but I just said what was on my mind, and then at that dinner, I had time to really think about what I was gonna say, and my mom was there with me, so. Well, uh, and I should say, Samantha Ramirez, we're in the presence of royalty here, Citizen <laughs> of the Year. I was really struck by the fact that you brought your mom into the introduction. And I wonder if for people who weren't there, if you could tell us a little bit more about that moment. Yeah. So, um, you know, they said you could bring one person. And I said, I want to bring my mom. And she's always been my biggest cheerleader. And I think I am who I am today because of how my mom raised me and her impact on me, you know. And so it felt really good to be able to accept this award and really um, thank her for for her contributions and to just show the community that I'm I'm a product of the community and that while I'm accepting this, I also want to reflect back to San Rafael how they've helped shaped me. And your mom is from El Salvador? My mom's from El Salvador. And, um, you know, she came here in the 80s because of the Civil War Mm -hmm. down in El Salvador. And, you know, she was studying to be a psychologist. And so she has a really big heart and she cares a lot about helping people. And, you know, one of my favorite memories of her is when I was younger, she would take women that didn't speak English to go get free mammograms and we'd go on the bus. And so I get a lot of who I am from just her, you know, having a big heart 
start helping people. If we were at the grocery store and people couldn't understand English, she'd butt in and she'd be like, ¿Qué necesita? What do you need? And so a lot of how I show up in the world is how, how she shows up. I mean, that sounds like big shoes to fill, although you, you and she must wear the same size shoe. <laughs> yes. She has small feet. She has pretty feet. <laughs> and, and then your dad is from Honduras. Yeah, my dad was from Honduras. He passed away a few years ago. Oh, so that, that has been a really big challenge in my life. I'm only 33 years old, and, and he passed away um, in 2019. And so the, I'm working through a lot of grief, you know, mm-hmm. and... Um, I'm really proud of the person that I've become, and I wish that he could have seen me. He knows. Thank you. Were you 29 when he passed? Uh, I was 30. 30. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what age. I think Mm -hmm. it's always uh, hard when that happens. I was 29 when I lost my mom and Mm -hmm. uh, changed my life. Mm -hmm. You do learn a lot about yourself. Maybe the lessons come a little faster than they might have, but it is a process, that Mm -hmm. grieving Mm-hmm. that you mentioned it takes yeah. it takes a lot of time so your childhood in San Rafael I think you've just sort of helped us understand that your mom led by example I mean she taught you to to give back and it seems to me that you've sort of been giving back in the community since you were almost too young to to, to do that I mean since you were a kid maybe maybe you could take us a little bit through your trajectory from childhood to how you got to your role at the Marine Youth Commission. Yeah, I would love to. So I just that small little bit of your (laughs) 30 something years, as much time as you need. Yeah. So growing up in San Rafael, you know, being from a working class background, living in like Section 8 apartments, we grew up in a really cool community with a lot of diversity. Um, I went to the same school from first grade through eighth grade. Um, It's now called Venetia Valley. And then I really feel like I I started on this trajectory when I was in high school and I started working at Huckleberry Youth Programs. Mm -hmm. And, And I was a peer health educator. And it was there that I learned that even as a young person myself, I could help young people and I could help the community and I was also going to city college at the time and I realized that I was passionate about public health uh, and social justice and so I earned a bachelor's degree in social work and then I came back and worked at Huckleberry again and then I also you know went through some odd jobs like Wells Fargo, Mike Spikes like people don't talk about how messy your 20s can be you know I'm just on the tail end of them (laughs) yeah and so I think when I'm working with young people it's really important that I kind of like demystify that that don't think that I just kind of you know started this career there was a little messiness of just bouncing from jobs getting experience Um, but I'm really grateful because you really learn that when you're having conversations with people it those moments like they actually change your life when you're having conversations you don't know who can give you a job or who can help you in different ways so I'm really grateful now for kind of those random jobs and then after Huckleberry I worked for Bay Area Community Resources and I ran an after-school program they run a lot of the Mm after-school programs here in the public schools and so I did that at Venetia Valley which was a beautiful like coming home moment like to be the director of the after-school exactly Mm -hmm. at the own school that I went to and so I was there you know for about four years and it really showed me that especially like the Latino community um, was really receptive to like my leadership style in the sense that I could say hey I'm like your kids I was the first in my family to go to college the same way you want them so how can we work together to support your students and we really created amazing events together for the kids and I just really value 
like being a safe space for young people, for kids, for, for the community. You know, I'm constantly getting calls. Hey, can you help me with this? Do you know about this? And like, even though it's stressful and draining, it's an honor mm-hmm. that people know that they can reach out to me and that I'm going to help them, you know? And so I feel like I didn't really answer your question <laughs> of like growing up in San Rafael. Well, it's okay. <laughs> you answered my question of how you got from Venetia Valley as a student back to Venetia Valley as a, yeah. a staff person. And then also I'd like to hear a little bit about the Youth Commission. I don't necessarily want to leave the topic of your childhood, but yeah. I think it, it seems like it informs... I'm super... I'm motivated by your leadership style you. too. And I'm hopeful because the city and the chamber have highlighted your leadership style. And I think that we need more examples like that. Thank you. I mean, that's why we're having this conversation. That's why we wanted to do this podcast. We are in a predominantly white county, mm-hmm. but we have such beautiful pockets of diversity and businesses owned by people of color mm-hmm. of all different colors and we are trying to start this conversation yeah. and I think for some it's harder than others and I, I just want to open up a dialogue and yeah. um, you are ready and I I love that thank well, you well and it's been really cool for me to become the leader that I aspire to be <laughs> and to see that you know um I'm I'm getting to kind of like see my legacy in action. I'm still relatively young to be receiving this kind of like recognition. Yes. And it sends such a strong message to the students and to the young people because I do classroom presentations all the time. I'm a guest, you know, speaker in, in the schools. And I really, you know, get to tell them like, follow your path listen to your heart, like keep going. And and I get to share with them, like look at all this recognition that I'm receiving because it's such a white dominated community. It's really hard for people of color sometimes to show up authentically. Mm. And that has been one of the keys to my success. But it wasn't always seen as something positive. When I ran for school board, people really tried to change how I said things or how Mm. I looked or how I showed up because that's what a lot of people of color have done Go into that box to look more like all the white people. To assimilate. To assimilate and to just, you know, yeah. to we've prioritized the comfort of white people hmm. I- instead of being true to ourselves. And yes. I said, I don't want to do that. I, I want to be a good role model. And, you know, it hurts our mental health to try to be people that we're not. And so I think for me, it's been really important to be super proud of my culture, dress how I want to dress, show up in a way that I'm making space for other people to also show up as themselves, you know? And and I think as our, as a society in 2020, we had kind of that racial awakening that, that I really felt like things were, were bubbling up to the surface. And that's kind of what made me run for school board in the sense of like, okay, I felt this like calling inside of me, like I wanna do something. But I wouldn't, I couldn't have foreseen how it opened so many doors and how it changed so many things because nobody like me had ever run. And I know that you weren't successful this time. Yeah. But I also read in some of your uh, press materials what you just said, that it opened a lot of doors for you. Mm -hmm. I think there's so many lessons in the fact that you didn't win. Yeah. And how we handle that. And I'm sure you've turned that into a leadership moment, too. Yeah. I think now everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we really want to fit in to a job to an opportunity and sometimes it's just not meant for us Mm -hmm. and that can be really hurtful but I also like you said learned a lot from the pain and I was so supported by the community.
something that I very that I learned a lot about Sam is that it is okay to fail or to not get exactly what you're aiming for because more things and better things are meant to come if you are patient enough and I love Sam so much for being such a great role model for the commission and for myself to this day people come up to me and they said thank you for running Samantha we you know you taught us so much you helped us have hard conversations and when I do my presentations the kids are always like are you gonna run again are you gonna do you know what it feels like to have young people care about what you're doing mm-hmm. it is the biggest honor to me that is the biggest award you know mm-hmm. I just did a group this morning I'm doing a coalition of students from continuation schools and they have a really bad reputation they're amazing they're brilliant they're powerful and they were like you're hella cool you're you're hella fun. We like you. And I was like, oh, I just met you. And so I think that there's something, um, it, it made me more resilient, you know, not winning. And I am actually going to get sworn in as an elected official next month to sit on the healthcare board. And so, you know, I, I think the other lesson that I like to share is that sometimes we get obsessed with one opportunity or one way of doing things when in reality, your path is going to guide you. And my path has guided me to the healthcare board. The Latino community needs a lot of advocacy in terms of the medical industry with this board controls the local hospital. And so I'm really trying to model that things don't always work out exactly how you think they are, sometimes even better. Mm. You know, and so, you know, I, I wanted to sit on the school board so bad, but sometimes they're just not ready. And so there's a lot of layers to Marin County and there's there's this rhetoric of equity and diversity. But how are you moving past words? I mean, it's fashionable right now, this DEI slogan. But what is it more than a word on a brochure or a slogan in your speech, right? Like, what are we doing to really bridge the gap? And we had a a lot of conversations starting this podcast together about if we were the right people, if she was the right person, if I was the right person. You know, Stephanie started this podcast by herself and there was a lot of... Barely. I mean, for five (laughs) minutes by myself and then I found Kalina uh, and, you know, through a friend and a lot of good timing and opportunity and maybe not necessarily the direction Kalina thought she might be going and here we are. But I'm a Marinite that Mm -hmm. was born and raised here who's white and I liked what you said about young people caring about what you're doing I'm 52 and you two are sitting here with me at the table (laughs) and so that that motivates me and that you'll have this conversation and that Kalina and I have found a way to have these conversations that are hard you just said it yourself having the hard conversations I just feel like At some point, we had to decide, I think, that the only way to inspire other people to do it and to start having the hard conversation was if you did have a white lady that was willing to have a hard conversation. Well, that's that's exactly what I said to her when we all started this and we were brainstorming. It was like the the conversations can't be within the minority communities and then a separate one Mm -hmm. in the white communities. It has to be bridging the gap. Predominantly, this DEI conversation is an abbreviation on a brochure. And how do we bridge it past that is blending it to one conversation, right? And walking over to each other's spaces and learning about each other's spaces. And I think you're doing that every single day and we're learning how to do that in this podcast. Yeah, and I think this is a good moment to kind of bring it back to the Youth Commission in the sense that we have all different kinds of races in in the Youth Commission. Now, we represent... I mean, 
<laughs> you have that now. Yeah, no, and it was really important for me to uplift students of color and make sure that we had more students of color, but we, we still have white students. And I think it's really important that when we talk about racial justice, it's a conversation of all of us really figuring out what our role is because white people have a really important role in this work and, yes. and that's hard to talk about but it, it, it cannot just be the labor of people of color and, and their work it, it, it's also about okay what does it actually mean to dismantle white supremacy right how does it show up in our schools and in our system and, and that's really what, what I face in, in the sense of you know a lot of people appreciate what I bring to the table and a lot of people also um, fear it because it challenges the status quo, right? And so I think by working with young people, I've been able to show up as my authentic self, create a safe space for them, and then together we create campaigns, we create different projects, and the adults are really able to see like, wow, look at the work that young people are doing, you know? And so, and so I absolutely think that there's an important role that white people need to play in this work, and I also know that when things don't affect you day in and day out, it's hard to get people to care, mm -hmm. you know? And you can say the right words and you can try to make yourself seem like an ally, but there, there's very few people um, that are actually doing the work, but there are, there are people here in Marin. And I think for me, I grew up here and so I've always had to be around a lot of white people. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for people that come from different states or different parts of the world because they're like, oh my God, Marin is so complicated. Yeah, tell us about it, right? right. Well, and, and we're <laughs> growing up here, right. yeah. And, and we've been hearing that too as we sit down with business owners um, who moved from the Philippines in in their twenties or 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 later, and then wanted to start a business here. And and the first hurdle is is immigrating. And you think you came? One of the last businesses we interviewed in the last couple of weeks. The young man said to me, you know, we came here for the American dream and it's it there's nobody showing you the way. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking to listen to stories like that. You know, it's hard to pull yourself up from your bootstraps mm. in a community that's so affluent, that's so wealthy, you know. And so for me, I love this work, but it's also taking a toll, right? It's working in the nonprofits there. I don't make good money. And so no. I have to also, you know, I, I empathize with working class people and with immigrants because I'm trying to pave a path for myself that doesn't exist. What does it look like for Samantha to be successful and make good money and do the work that she's doing? There, there isn't a way. I'm going to have to carve it out and pave it. And, and, and I'm trying to do that. But I, I think Marin is just, um, it's a really tricky place. And I'm happy that your podcast is able to highlight different stories because storytelling is a positive tool in helping people understand. Um, I, I, I care about uplifting like working class people and people of color. And this is what your podcast is doing. And, and more of Marin needs to have more empathy. And I, I think the... The first step is this, these conversations. Mm -hmm. and, and the way that you've uh, elevated the racial diversity at the Marin Youth Commission, maybe we can talk about, is it, it's 23 students yeah, at a time. 23 young people. Mm -hmm. And appointed by the Board of Supervisors. Mm -hmm. um, we've had over 50 applicants, and then we, we have to only choose 23. But our process is working because when we look at the group that we have, it's an amazing group of young people. I, I'm so inspired by them. They are so kind and caring and just really intelligent. Um, and I learn a lot from them. 
I bet. How often do you meet with them as a group? So we have about two general meetings a month, and then the other weeks they're in subcommittees, and so they're really able to kind of um, choose a topic of interest. Um, we have like education equity, alcohol, tobacco, and other drugs, mental health. Um, we're going to do a housing group this year as well as a disability group because we have a student that's blind. And so we're all learning a lot um, about how we tend to be ableist in our society and how we need to be more inclusive of people with different abilities. Um, and so in the subcommittees, they get to create their own campaigns and really figure out how do they want to address this issue. I saw you had an uh, LGBTQ plus group. Yeah. And I guess then the focus will shift from year to year. Yes. And maybe exactly. what, two groups uh, per year or is that not set? Yeah, it, it totally varies. The mm -hmm. one group that we have to continue to have is alcohol, tobacco, and other drugs. That's just kind of written in, into mm -hmm. the to the program. Um, and, and then we get to choose. Um, we've been doing the mental health one for a few years now, and it feels really good to give them that space because it's such a hot topic, but... Adults tend to control those conversations. And mm -hmm. so it's really mm -hmm. cool to see like what young people come up with. We as a commission get to choose where we want to put our focus in. There are millions of different problems in our society, but us as a commission, we get to choose what we would like to be tackling on, which is very important because it gives us, the youth, a say on what we do, which personally, to me, gives me more confidence going into this for the future, knowing that change will occur. Um, I love that MCYC allows me to connect with all these other young people from all across Marin uh, who I would not have crossed paths with most likely um, without Youth Commission. I also just love the environment of our meetings and I, I love that we have a specific amount of time set aside every week uh, to discuss current events together. Um, I think that just shows how the focus of the commission is really to empower youth and to uh, allow you to have the opportunity to have a voice and to have an opinion on issues in the world. Where does your passion for young people specifically come from? Oh, that's a really good question. It's, I don't know, I think from looking back at my youth and wishing that I had somebody like me and wishing that I had access to different information. And, you know, I think... Um, Young people are just like really powerful and I felt really misunderstood as a young person. We recently met with somebody from the Office of Education and um, yeah, she's Keisha. amazing. Yeah, she's I've... wonderful. And we had a very similar conversation. Um, I'm Native Hawaiian and white and she's African-American and white. And we talked about growing up biracially here. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, it's a minority experience mm -hmm. growing up in a predominantly white county. But um, when I listen to you talk, I'm like, wow, if I had a commission of young people like-minded to address the things and name the things that I couldn't articulate, you know, yeah. in a safe space to do that. And a leader who looked like me or had similar experiences as I did in the same county what that could have done so yeah. I, I met her because I do some work at Madrone and she was there and I was like oh I saw you on their Instagram and she was <laughs> lovely and I'm definitely going to connect with her and follow up with her she's well, wonderful and like your story where you went to Venetia Valley and then you went back as a peer health educator at Venetia Valley Keisha was a graduate of Madrone High School mm -hmm. and now she is doing yeah. schools to career counseling and job placement at Madrone exactly yeah, no, we had a great conversation. And just how I had a conversation with you when we talked on the phone, yes. like there's something so like safe and um, healing 
about talking to people that have had similar lived experience because we don't always have those spaces. And, you know, I think for students of color in Marin, we're not the majority at a lot of schools. We are at San Rafael, mm -hmm. but there's still a lot of issues. And so it, it can be very isolating. It can be really hard to not have people that share your lived experience. And so for us to have a, a youth commission where it's outside of school and we're able to give those opportunities, we have amazing discussions and conversations. Um, and safety is just such an important factor in the health of young people. And and the and like study and data shows that when um, youth have healthy relationships with at least one adult, it's one of the most preventative factors for you know preventing drug abuse, suicide, mental health, all those things. And so um, it brings the issue of needing more educators of color to serve our students. Where do you think we find them? Well, the cost of living in Marin is really high. Yeah. And it's hard to get people to come in from different areas to work. You know, I do I do see that the county is trying to figure out like housing for teachers and mm -hmm. but this the, these issues are really layered, you know, because even if you find somebody that wants to work here, they may not like the community, right? Mm -hmm. They may not like the racism. They mm -hmm. may not like the there isn't a lot of places to go out and eat and like dance and like everything's closed by nine almost mm -hmm. around here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it there isn't a lot of things to really attract people to come work here. So I think it's really about how can we create better paying jobs for people like me? Right. Because I'm getting close to feeling like, OK, what do I need to do? Do I go to tech? Do I do something else? Like I'm kind of facing the point where I don't know if my passion is enough to get me the, the, the jobs and the opportunities that I know I'm worth. Right. Right. Sam has taught me so many things, but I think that one of the most important things I've learned from her is what it means to give. Um, she's one of the most thoughtful and generous people that I've ever met. And she's not our leader on MCYC. She's more like a mentor who guides us and who treats us like equals to her. Um, the way that she makes everyone feel seen and appreciated is something that I strive to be able to embody. And uh, working alongside her has just showed me how important it is to treat others with respect and warmth. And that's something that I think I'm going to carry with me my whole life. Um, so... Yeah, that's, that's one of the most important lessons that I think I've learned from her. It's hard to put to words what it means to mean something to my students because I love them so much. I think about them all the time. I try to be my best. Um, and I'm also really vulnerable with them. And I think that that's a really important key of why this work is so special that I do because I don't have to follow the same um, rules or boundaries of like a teacher. Where right. you're looking for a right answer and this and it's very, you know, um, memorize this or things like that. This is really about me being able to be my full self. They show up as their full self. And how is it that we work together? And so we we work and accomplish these amazing goals. But I think my favorite part is the real relationships that we have, the, the connection, the yeah, it's just, I, I love it. And they keep me so youthful. <laughs> oh, I bet. I bet. I mean, I'm experiencing that in the last uh, 10, 11 months as Kalina and I have gotten to work together, too. Yeah. Um, I've said this before. 
it's, I think, always important to have a mentor. I just don't think it matters if the mentor is older than you or younger than you. Exactly, exactly. I, I get to really consult with my young people. I ask them, what do you think about this? What should we do? And they really help me grow and help me see things from different perspectives. And they call me on my thing. Hey, Sam, that, that wasn't cool. And I was like, thank you. Sorry about that. <laughs> my bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and I, what I think is also really beneficial, sometimes the only young person you might know if you're in the position to be a parent is your own kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And boy, that doesn't always go so well. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We yeah. don't always hear the constructive criticism or the calling you on your stuff yeah. uh, when it's inside of our own house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so these relationships outside of home, I think, are really valuable. Well, too. and if you talk to my mom about who I was when I was growing up, I was a challenge, right? And now yeah. she gets to, to be super proud of me and kind of enjoy enjoy all of this you know success but I know I gave her a lot of headaches I know I gave her a lot of (laughs) yes yes challenges do you think so really I mean what would what would she say if she was here well I I think um she she thinks of me as like a warrior which is really cool Mm. somebody that has like just a lot of grit and a lot of you know passion um and I think she she's super proud of me um but I also know that um it's hard sometimes where you have like an immigrant family or, you know, an immigrant community and we have these ideas of like the American dream, right? Like owning a house or starting a business or things like that. I think it was hard for her for me to choose like a nonprofit route where it's not as um, that wasn't materialistically part, it wasn't rewarding. It was part of her dream for you. I mean, I, I think that this is a good question that I should ask her of like mm. what she would have wanted. But I think now she sees that everything's worked out exactly how it was supposed mm. to. But but we go back to the issue of how expensive Marin is, right? Mm-hmm. This isn't a place where you can be a first-gen person, work in a nonprofit, and buy a house. Yes. Let's no. be real. Yeah. I wish everybody could see the, the expression on your face <laughs> to go with the great tone in your voice. <laughs> right? And it's so, real. Yeah. It's real. It's, it's real. Yeah, and so I think, um, I think, yeah, I think she's definitely really proud of me, and I also know um, that it's been hard. It's hard sometimes when you follow your passion, and maybe it doesn't lead to the same end goals as other people, right? And I also haven't like gotten married. I haven't had kids. Like I don't, I don't follow the path that everybody follows. But that's always been my thing to be mm-hmm. unique, to be different, like. People are always like, do you have kids? Yeah, I have thousands. I have hundreds. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, they're all my babies. And and so I feel really committed to like this mission that I'm on. Um, and I think people are starting to really get it when maybe they were like, what is she doing? Yeah. Well, and if, if I were, to, what, what, what is your mission? Oh, to empower people, mm. to help people find, you know, their own power, um, to be part of real systemic change in Marin. To live a full life. Mm-hmm. Just to name a few. Those are good. I, mean, <laughs> I, I love it. I'm inspired by all of them. And then let's go back to passion for a second because I know you grew up here. Do you still find time to dance? Because mm-hmm. I read that you were passionate about that. Very, very passionate dancer. I dance with a group of amazing people that do Zumba at the Marinwood Community Center. Oh. And they also, my teacher's Chrissy, Chrissy. Shout out to Chrissy. Okay. Um, and we also dance in Carnival. Um, oh. we, and so it's like an optional thing that a lot of us do. And so um, I did it just this past year and it was an amazing experience. And then I got to do it once before the pandemic. So um, Carnival and SF is this big party, big, you know, so costumes, fun. costumes, feather. 
feathers, yes. glitter, everything. And then I also take salsa classes at Dance Arts. Oh, um, yes. And so that's been really cool. One of the owners, Andrea, is amazing. She lets me take classes there. Um, and then I am a Zumba certified um, teacher. I don't teach currently right now, but I incorporate it into some of my youth programs that I do or just, you know, whenever there's an opportunity, I love music. I love dancing. I think it, it really helps people um, connect to like their inner child and to like this feeling of just not caring what people think about you. Um, so dance is a really powerful outlet for me. Release the inhibitions. Yeah, right? and just shake it. Shake you it. know, totally. move it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and then what else did I read? Amici's Pizza. What's your favorite oh pizza? Oh, my God. Oh, for, let's talk about the ranch. It <laughs> doesn't matter what it's on. It's just the ranch. <laughs> the ranch, the breadstick. Shout out to Amici's on 4th Street. And um, I do like the Amici's combo, but I get it with no black olives. So it has like mushrooms, pepperoni, sausage. Um, my best. Bestie used to work there when she was in high school, and that's how we got so attached to it. Because you know, when people forget their orders, you get to yeah. take food. Or I visit her, and we'd have we'd have food. Um, so Amici's is delicious. Mm-mm. Yes, it is. It is. Well, Samantha, now I want to go out to lunch. Yeah, and go I know. Yes. We're booking, Maybe yeah. we'll go in the reverse order. Right. Yeah. First. And I'm not going to say goodbye. I'm just going to say to be continued. Yeah. It, thank you so much for having me and for this conversation. And I know that we'll be working closely together. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you yeah. so Congratulations much. Congratulations again. If you are a candidate, or if you know of one, for the Marin County Youth Commission, contact Samantha at sramirez at yli.org. That's sramirez at yli.org. And by the way, we mean it. Contact us. Leave us a message. We might put you in our wrap-up episode. We'd love to hear from you. Call us at 415-847-2539. The Marin Community Foundation generously sponsors this podcast. Our theme music is performed by a student at Enriching Lives Through Music. Elm is in San Rafael's Canal neighborhood. Finally, a reminder to support diverse local businesses and shop Marin. <laughs>